Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. So we're talking about sowing. That's what we've been talking about all year long. The idea of sowing the seed of the Word of God into the good soil. Our heart has to be good, our soft open to whatever God wants to do in it, and how he wants to work, work through it, and uh, that w- must happen in order for us to be able to produce things that we wouldn't be able to produce on our own. Yeah, we can produce sort of these uh, counterfeit versions of things, but in reality, the kind of fruit that, that Jesus wants us to exhibit are, are, are found where the Apostle Paul talked about that, the fruit of the Spirit, he says, the fruit of the Spirit are things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And we're talking about gentleness. That's what we're talking about. We define gentleness this way, that gentleness is strength under control. You probably heard that before. It's gentleness or maybe another word that we use in replace of gentleness is the word meekness. So it's strength under control. It's like a it's like a horse that's that's broken. That's a, like a horse that's that's tame. Um, it's it's strength. It could do a lot of damage um, if it if it was still wild. It, it could do a lot of hurt if it's still wild. But when it's broken, when it's tame, it's it's strength under control. But for us, for us, when when the apostle Paul is talking about this idea of gentleness, for us, it's strength under control based on an unshakable confidence in God. So the reason why we who are strong are, have strength under control, it's because, it's because we have an unshakable confidence in God. We say, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to get too upset. I'm not going to, you know, you know, crumble under the, under the pressure. I'm not going to fold up when things get hard. I'm not going to, you know, just lose, lose my mind because things aren't going the way that I want them to go because you know, you know that God is under, has it all under control and that you have the confidence in the unshakableness and the confidence that you can have in God, that God knows it all, God is aware of it all, God is in control of it all, and you just say, you know what, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to let this circumstance, I'm not going to let this situation cause me to do something that is only going to cause and bring about more hurt and more pain. That's the kind of gentleness that God wants to exhibit in all of us. And you and I, we can't do that on our own. We need the Spirit of God to produce that in us so that we say, my strength is going to be under control because God's in control. And that's the confidence that I have in God. Now, we're going to, I told you last week, we're going to talk about two specific things that will, um, that must happen, that must be controlled or tamed or bridled um, in order for us to um, experience or for God to produce gentleness in us. As, and we're going to look at a verse, it's in Proverbs 15, maybe you've heard this before, it says this, a gentle answer, a gentleness, we're talking about gentleness, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Maybe you've heard, your spouse has quoted this verse to you uh, before. Uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So we're, t- we're talking about 
we're talking about our words, or specifically, we're talking about our tongue, how important that is. Dave, can you stand up for a second real quick, Dave? Okay, that's Dave Smith. Hey, say hi, Dave. He's not on camera, but it's okay. All right. Uh, uh, Carol Wedge, can you stand up for a second? Just Dave, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Carol, come on, Carol. Carol, Carol, so Carol's over here, Dave's over here. Now, I think, I don't know, but I think that Dave's probably stronger than Carol, but it, it could be, it could be, could be close, but so, so, but here's the thing. There's, there's a muscle, there's a muscle that Dave has and Carol has that is equal in strength. It's equal in strength. They have, they, they have the ability to bring joy and delight and goodness and kindness. They both have that ability. But they also have the ability, based on the same muscle, to, to destroy and to hurt and to bring pain and, and destruction in, in their life. That, that muscle is the tongue. So it doesn't matter how little you are or, or how big you are. It matters is that there's this... All of us have this, thank you, that's it, that's all I needed you for, that's all you needed. In the room, you were like with you, if you're watching from home, sorry, we don't have the ability to navigate back and forth. But what the, the point is that you could pick the biggest person versus the smallest person, and when it comes to this muscle, when it comes to this muscle, they're equal in strength. They can do a lot of good, and they can do also a lot of harm. They can do a lot of good, and they can do a lot of harm. And he, and he says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Then he says in verse 2, he says, the tongue, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge pleasant. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge pleasant, but the mouth of fools spouts foolishness. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge pleasant, but the mouth of fools spouts foolishness. Now, what is, what is he saying? He's saying, well, in, in another proverb, in Proverbs 10, 14, he says, wise people, wise people store up knowledge, but with the mouth of the foolish, ruin is at hand. So he's saying wise people store up knowledge so that they can, with their mouth, they can bring, bring wisdom. They can bring knowledge to a certain situation, a certain circumstance. They can, they can bring some sort of truth in, in a gentle fashion to somebody that needs to hear truth and also needs to hear encouragement, needs to be built up, needs to have some help. So somebody who is wise, a wise person, they store up knowledge but with the mouth of foolish, ruin is at hand. And so if we're not careful, we can also cause some ruin. We can also cause some ruin. So as a way of an example, uh, let me show you. Chris, come on up here for a second. Uh, Chris is going to help me out for a second. Chris, come on up. Come on up. So, yeah. So Chris, you know, come on over, Chris. Make stand just on this side of the TV. Just so it can never, you can see Chris on camera. Okay. So, for example... This is a, a, a picture, a Brita picture, in it, Brita, Brita water picture filter, okay, right? So, you know, some of you maybe have this in your, in your refrigerator, you know, you keep this, you put, you know, your, your tap water in there and there's a, it, it filters it for you so it purifies it, makes it nice and clean and, and, and safe for, for you to drink. So somebody who is wise will do that. 
you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're wise. You'll do that. You'll, 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 you'll put, you know, put it away. Make sure it's in the, in the right filter system. Make sure it's pure. Make sure it's clean, right? And so when, when somebody like Chris comes along, you, you say, you know what? I wanna, I'm going to store up, just like we store up our, our filtered water. I'm going to store up knowledge. So when somebody like Chris comes along, I can say, hey, Chris, Hey, you know, I've been, I've just been thinking about what, you know, you're going through. I don't know what, I, I'm just, this is just hypothetical. Chris, I've just been thinking about what you're going through, and I just want you to know that, man, here, I just want you to have just a fresh, clean, pure glass of water to quench maybe some angst that you have in your life, some things that you're going through, some, some struggles or situations that you have. You know, I just want to give you and, and, and symbolize the cup of water. I want to just give you some truth and some wisdom and some knowledge, not based on anything that I've come up with, but mostly based on the word of God, mostly based on the spirit of God speaking through the word of God to you, Chris, so that I can be an encouragement to you. So I was wise into whenever somebody needs something, whatever the circumstances may be, whether they're going through you know, some sort of anxiety or, or, or worry or they're going through some sort of loss or they're just experiencing some pain in their life and they just need some help and they need, they need some encouragement, they need to be built up, they need to be, you know, maybe, maybe it's a marriage issue or maybe it's an issue with, with your children or maybe it's a financial issue or maybe it's a, how to deal with, you know, a, a work situation, how to deal with an employee, how to deal with a boss. Well, the, the scripture gives us all of these answers and so what, what, what a wise person does is a wise person stores up knowledge so that with their mouth they can speak that wisdom and they can speak that knowledge but it, it was already stored away. It was already stored away. Chris, can you hold that for hold this for a second too? You got that? But a fool, a fool, just they don't store knowledge away. They just sort of spout off things. So what a fool does, excuse me one second. What a fool does. Is that when somebody thinks, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to Pastor Chris about some things. But if I'm a fool, I haven't stored anything away. I haven't thought about anything that way I can try to somehow, somewhere down the line, be a help. And so when, some, when somebody like Chris comes my way, I, you know what I do? I just start spouting off. I just start causing a whole lot of foolishness. And ruin is at hand. Don't you think about it. Don't you even think about it. Is this foolishness? You're done, Chris. Thanks. Give Chris a round of applause. I, that's, poor Chris is going to go home now. He's going to go and get changed. See afterwards, Chris. He brought a towel. I gave him a heads up. I gave him a warning. Wise people store up knowledge. It's like a Brita picture water. Just, here you go. Let, let me just, this is delightful. This is refreshing. This is purified. This is filtered. But a fool, they just start spouting off. And that just causes a whole lot of ruin 
and chaos and destruction. Chris is not happy right now, trust me. He would much rather have been chosen just to be the one that holds the picture of Britta drinking from the cup instead of being sprayed in the face. And James just reminds us, James, remember James tells us about uh, the fact that, hey, we're, people that are, have faith, they are to exhibit that faith. People that say they have faith, we, we, he says, I don't want you to just be somebody who is just hears the word, but, but somebody that does the word. Remember James talks about this, the, the, the brother of Jesus? He says, I, I don't want you to be, and remember, we looked at this, these verses last week in James 3. He says, he asked the question that we were just asking, right? The wise person stores up knowledge so that they can, with their mouth, dispense good things and bring good things and edifying things, and helpful things, true things. A fool, they just spout off, and they cause, cause a whole lot of ruin, and they cause a whole lot of destruction. And he asks the question, hey, who among you is wise and understanding? And he says, let him show, this is James's thing, let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, this is James's thing, in the gentleness of Wisdom. What diffuses wrath? What diffuses anger? A gentle answer, right? And, and James is essentially saying the same thing. He said, listen, who's wise and who under, who's, has understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in, in the gentleness of wisdom. He, he goes on and says this, verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy, so what is the opposite He's now describing or defining what the opposite of gentleness is. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be, ar do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. He says these are the things that are opposite of gentleness. And he can include things like anger. He can include things like revenge. He can include things like unforgiveness. But James just says, hey, listen, if you're bitter, that's the opposite of being gentle. If you have a selfish ambition, that's the opposite of being gentle. If you, you know, are arrogant or prideful, that's the opposite of being gentle. If you so lie against the truth, it's the opposite of being gentle. He says, verse 17, he says this, James says this, but the wisdom, we're talking about wisdom, why? A wise person stores up knowledge so that when somebody needs a, a word, they have it already stored up, ready to share. A foolish person fires the hose in your face. You know those people. They just start spouting off. He says, but wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial, free of hypocrisy. This is wisdom that comes from above. And James would say, here's what James would say. James would say that the most important thing when it comes to having wisdom from above and understanding that wisdom from above is, is gentle and it bears good fruits. This is what we're trying to do this year in 2020. We're just trying to produce good fruits in, in difficult elements. He says, listen, this is the mo one of the most important things. Look what James says here. Back to verse uh, chapter 1 in James. Look what James says about it in James chapter 1. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, anybody think themselves to be religious? 
yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This person's religion is worthless. James would say, hey, you know what's the most important thing when it comes to your expressing your faith or showing your faith? You know, it's, you know anybody that says, hey, I'm religious. Hey, I'm religious. Hey, I, I have a, or, or in our terms today, hey, I have a relationship with Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. And James would say, oh, really? Because if you can't tame your tongue, If you can't bridle your tongue, you are deceiving your own heart. And your religion or your relationship with Jesus is worthless. Whoa. That's how important this is. James will say, I say it this way, but this is what James would say. What proceeds out of your face is an expression of our faith. What comes out of our face, specifically what comes out of our mouth, is an expression of our faith. You can say you're religious, you can say you have faith, you can say you're a follower of Jesus, but what proceeds out of your face is something contrary to Jesus. If it's contrary to the, to the tenets of the Christian faith, then our faith is James isn't done talking about the tongue. As a matter of fact, James spends a good chunk of his letter talking about this thing called the tongue. Look what he says in James, back to James chapter 3. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their whole body as well. And he says this, verse 4. He's giving these illustrations of how important the tongue is. Look at the ships too. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are nevertheless directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot determines. He says in verse 5, So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. James is saying, here's what James is saying, just like a horse... Just like a horse, even if they're trained and tamed, they still need a bit to be controlled. Just like a large ship that may be steered and controlled, but they still need the rudder to determine the direction of where that ship goes. For us, you can say, you can say, I am surrendered to Jesus, or I am under his control, but unless you have, like a horse needs a bit, and like a big ship needs a rudder, unless you have that tongue tamed, it is out of control. It's out of control. James says that when you tame the tongue, When you tame the tongue, no, go back. When you tame the tongue, that it controls the whole body. It controls the whole body. James gives just like a bit controls the horse, just like a rudder controls the ship, our tongue controls our whole body. That's how important it is. 
So your actions and your deeds and your direction of where you're going in life, the most important thing that needs to be tamed is your tongue. And James would say it this way, tame the tongue, and then what do we do with it? We need to direct it. We need to direct it. And James would say, tame the tongue, bridle the whole body. Even gentle horses still need bits. Even controlled ships still need rudders. Tame the tongue, you will bridle your whole body. When you control this, you know, why is that? Well, Jesus talked about why that is. Because remember what Jesus said? Hey, what's in your heart, what's in your heart will eventually come out. Remember him saying that? What's in your heart will eventually come out through what we say. It will eventually proceed out of our mouth. So when we can tame the tongue, we're essentially controlling the heart, and we're, we're, we're determining the direction of our whole body. But even gentle horses need bits, and even controlled ships need rudders. You and I still need, even when we call ourselves religious, even when we call ourselves faithful, even when we think that we're gentle, we still need to control this. Why? Because James would say this, an untamed tongue destroys. An untamed tongue destroys things. I, I, you've seen this. You've been a part of these things. You've been a part of somebody's outbursts. You've been on the other side, or maybe you've been the, the recipient of or given of, giver of the wrath to, towards somebody else. You've seen, I, I've seen, you've seen marriages destroyed. You've seen churches divided. You've seen, you know, people that are, you know, just are in conflict that, that just can't, you know, get past their resentment and their bitterness as a result of their selfish ambitions. I mean, we've all been there. We've all seen that. We've all seen just the simple work of our tongues, not tamed, destroy things that matter, destroy things that are important. James gives an example of that. Look what he says in the second part of verse 5. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. We've heard those stories. We've heard stories of little small lit matches that set aflame, you know, two big things. I mean, these forest fires that are happening, you know, we hear about all the time in California. You know, these are just things that happen, just small things that happen in, in, their, in their parks, you know. And they just, they just grow and expand over time where they can't be controlled anymore. This is what happens when we don't tame the tongue. It, it's a great, it's like it's a small thing that sets aflame a, a, a big thing. This is how this works. He says, he's, he says in verse 6, look at, he says, the tongue is a fire, the very world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our body, body's parts as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. I mean, this is what he's saying about the tongue. He's saying, listen, it's like a, it's, if we're not careful, if it's not tamed, it will destroy things. It will destroy things. And it's such a small thing. This week I was putting um, up some Christmas lights uh, around my house. And uh, I had them all set up. And um, 
I ran it, had to run an errand, and, and I had them turned on. And when I came back, I noticed that some of the lights were off. And I was like, oh, have you ever happened to you before? Like, yeah, they were working uh, for a minute, and then you came back, and they weren't working anymore. So I'm like, oh, what in the world is going on? So, you know, you know, like, you know, now you have to check, like, different things. You got to check, figure out different things. Well, I started trying, checking different things, and it still wasn't working. I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? And finally, it hit me. I said, I probably, I know what I, I, know what I need to do. So I, had, I got one of those little packs, you know, and it was like in a whole, whole strand of things. And I don't, I don't even think you can see it. But in, in those lights, in those lights are these little fuses, right? And I, the whole light strand was out, and it realized, I probably need to change this little fuse. And sure enough, I took out the fuses, and I put these little fuses back in, and the whole thing lit up. But isn't that how it works? Sometimes it just takes something like this, like just a little body part called the tongue, something small, that if it isn't right, it affects the whole thing. It affects the whole thing. And you can say, you know what? I have a, I'm the light of Jesus. I'm the light of Jesus. I, I, just, I just want people to see Jesus. I want to light up the world for Jesus. But if there's something like this that isn't right, it's going to affect the whole thing. This is what, this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, it, it's like your tongue, it's like a fire. And, and he describes it in, in this way. And also this week I was doing a little bit of some yard work. And I was picking up, we had a, I think it was maybe last Sunday, really windy. Remember it was really windy this, this week. And I had all a bunch of limbs down, so I was putting some limb, picking up some tree limbs, put them in this little fire pit that I have. And uh, I was also just thought I would just pick up some last minute leaves too, some little straggling leaves as well. So I started raking some leaves up, putting some things in the fire pit. Well, I started, I just made a fire. And then I started putting leaves in there. And what happens with, when you put leaves in there, it creates a lot of smoke, doesn't it? And so I, the, whole, the whole day I was like, I mean, I was anywhere that I went, people were like, you smell like smoke. Like everywhere, like you, you just stink. You stink. Isn't this true? Like when you're like when you go somewhere and you know, or you're around a campfire and you're like, you just come out of that camp, away from that campfire and you just you just smell like smoke. Well, this is what James is describing when it comes to our tongue. You see, when our when we don't have our tongue tamed, it causes a whole lot of destruction. And it's as if, even if it's a small thing like that little fuse, it's as if we our whole body stinks like smoke. Like, if you don't have a tame tongue, you know what you're like? You're like that person that, that smells like back in the, you know, 80s and 90s that when you were at a bowling alley for two hours. When you came home from the bowling alley, you're like, take your clothes. I remember my dad would come home from the bowling alley. My mom would be like, take your clothes off. You stink. Like, like you, it's just, you just reek of it. When we don't have our tongues tamed, we, our, we just stink. Can I just say that? We just stink. Oh, oh. Like you, you, whatever you comes out of your mouth, it's just foolishness and ruin and destruction. And you're just like, ah, get away from me. You it just tame that tongue. Take you smell like smoke. That's what James is describing. And not only that, so 
again, more to the, to the leaf story. So I gathered up more leaves than I thought I was going to have. And I didn't want to overwhelm my neighborhood with all the smoke. But I think I still did. And I left, I, I don't I, I, I just, I just try to be transparent with you. So I left a pile of leaves near the fire that was going. And then I walked away and I got distracted by something. And then I come back and all the leaves that I had that were not all the way into the fire pit also burned, but it, didn't, but it burned like three feet of my grass outside of my fire pit. Anybody? Because the fire, you know this, the fire eventually just spreads. And so unless it's controlled, it eventually just spreads. And so here's the, the analogy that James has given us. He's saying it's just a small thing that will affect everything if we don't have it under control. All, wherever you go, you're just going to smell like smoke. And wherever you go, it's just going to spread and destroy whatever it is in its path. It's going to destroy relationships. It's going to destroy careers. It's going to destroy churches. It's going to destroy families. It's going to destroy kids. It's going to destroy whatever friendships. It, 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 can, it has the ability to destroy if we don't have this thing under control. It has the ability to destroy because just like fire, it smells like smoke and it spreads wherever it can. That's how it works. An untamed tongue brings destruction. But a tame tongue brings delight. And hopefully you've experienced this too. A tame tongue brings delight. Look what James says. James says it this way. With it, with it, the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. Like with it, we, we, we can praise God with it. We can give God the glory. We can make much of him. And, and when we do that, we can also love others. Because James said it this way in the second part of this verse. Look what he says. And with it, we curse people. So it can do both things. It can, it can bring delight, but it also brings destruction. Who have been made in the likeness of God. When we, when we bless how we bless God, how we bless God is when we bless others. How we can bring and make much of God is that when we turn those that, and use our tongue as a way of delight, this blesses the Father. When we turn and we love and we encourage and we build up and we help and we inspire and we motivate and, and, and we come alongside of people in his likeness, blesses our Lord and Father. So the tongue, if it's not tamed, will bring destruction. But when the tongue is tamed, it will only bring delight. The people around you won't smell the smoke on you. You'll just be a delight to them. They'll actually want you around because you're going to be the one holding the picture, the Brita picture, and you're just going to be pouring nice, filtered, purified, clean water and handing it to them, as it, and, and they're, going to want, they're just going to want to be around you. Don't be the person that's, I was going to go get it, holding the hose. Don't be that person. 
Like when, you, when if I come up on you on a hose, you're nervous. You don't even want me to get the hose because I would be tempted to spray Dave. I, I, this, is, this is what, we, he says, listen, wisdom, wisdom from above is gentle. And how we be gentle is by taming our tongue. If we're not, if our tongues aren't tamed, destruction. But if they are tamed, delight. They're delight. He says, verse 10, he says, he says this, from the same mouth come both blessings and cursings. My brothers and sisters, these things, look what he says, these things should not be this way. In other words, out of your mouth should not be cursing and blessing. He says, as followers of Jesus, it should only be one. You should only be a delight. As Jesus followed, he says, this should not be this way amongst Jesus' followers. Only a delight, never a destruction. That's what James would say. And you know what I say? I've got a long ways to go in my growth and maturity. If James is saying, the brother of Jesus is saying, this is how you should be because this is how Jesus was. This is our goal. This is what we're striving for. This is what we're going after. And I've got a long ways to go, and you've got a long ways to go, and you from home have a long ways to go as well. But all of us, our goal is simply just be a delight. Don't smell like smoke and don't spray people with hoses. Wrapping up what James is saying in verse 11. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? No. Verse 12. Can, it, can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives or, or vine bear figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh? No. So what James is saying to all of us is this. Don't compromise delight for destruction. Don't compromise your delight for destruction. Where the tongue is directed, where the tongue is directed is either delight or destruction. That's what it comes down to. Just like a bit on a horse. Just like a rudder on a ship. Where the tongue is directed is either delightful or destruction. It can't be both. It can't be both. Paul wrote it this way as we close. Your speech must always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt? What does he mean by that? We'll get to that in a second. So that you will know how you should respond to each person. Paul says, you know what? Here's how you need to respond to each person. You mean the person that's difficult? This is how I should respond? Yep. The person that's hard, you know, to, to care about and to love and, and, and has mistreated me and abused me and neglected me and taken me for advantage, I should, I should respond in this way? Yep. You know, the, 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 that, that boss that you just, you just can't tolerate anymore, you can't wait to get out of that job, and this, is, this is how I'm supposed to respond? Yes, Paul would say. The speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt. What does he mean by that? Speech with salt. Here's what he means. Number one, it should be seasoning. 
It should be as you use it and I use it. It brings out the best of whatever it is that you put your salt on. That's why you put your salt on it. It brings out the flavor or it brings out the best of the food. It's used. He says it should be seasoned with salt. In other words, your speech, your words, what comes out of your mouth must be a delight, like a picture, like a Brita water cup of picture water. I don't know what I said there. Sometimes I should practice what I say. But it should be, it should bring out the best, is all I need to say. Another thing, reason why Paul says it's speech with salt is because it's a safeguard. I use safeguard. You could also use the word preservative. So when Paul says, hey, hey, your speech should be full of grace, seasoned with salt, brings out the best in that relationship. It brings out the best in that conversation. It makes that conversation and it makes that relationship a delight. It also should be a preservative. It also should be a preservative. It should be a safeguard. Just like when they stored their food, they stored it away in salt. It was used to preserve the, the, the goodness of the, of, the, of the food. That's what our speech should be. Our speech should, should our desire for, for, for it should be this. To, be, to preserve the relationship. To safeguard against division and strife. That's what it should be. Whenever you speak to your spouse or a coworker or a neighbor, it should be just seasoned with salt. Why? Because you're in relationship with them and your desire should be, especially as a, to a brother and a sister in Christ too, especially to the family of God and certainly to those that are outside of God that you want to ha- them to have a relationship with God, you ought to think about your speech as with salt, that you're bringing out the best of it, but you're also causing it to be a preservative, a preservative so that you can have an opportunity to share Jesus with them, or to love a brother and a sister. It should be a preservative. The other thing, the reason Paul said it, it was speech of salt, is because it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. So when we speak, as if in the, in the use salt, the reason why I put sacrifice is because the, you would use salt when they would put it, when they would uh, uh, surrender or put an, alt, uh, an offering on the altar, They would use salt on that sacrifice. And it was just a way of saying, when you speak, whoever you're talking to, that you are making, you are making the sacrifice. You are, even though you want to say something, even though you want to lash out, even though they deserve this or that, even though they, you know, they, they, you, they deserve your wrath and they should hear your wrath. Before you speak, you should think these words are going to be a sacrifice. These words are going to be an offering to God. Because the way that I bless our Lord and Father is by speaking with grace, seasoned with salt, to the person made in his likeness.
And so whenever you and I are tempted to direct our tongue towards destruction, we need to sacrifice that. We need to sacrifice those words that you may have every right to say and you need to direct it towards delight instead. So how you deal with all people is that your speech is seasoned with salt. It's a safeguard to the relationship and it's a sacrifice and an offering you make to God. So here's the challenge for all of us this week. Okay? This week. I want you to have a passcode protection prayer. Okay? I want you to have a passcode protection prayer. You know how we all have our passcodes on our phones? We have our passcodes for th important things like our bank accounts. Right? Because they guard, they guard things. They guard from unwanted trouble. Right? I remember when I didn't have a passcode on my phone, we had some teenagers around here at the church that would grab my phone and they would take thousands of pictures on my phone. They would just hold down the, the camera button on my phone and I would have to go through and delete thousands of pictures from my phone because they, were just, they saw that I could, they could just get into my phone, right? This week I came in, or maybe, no, last week I came into work and my passcode on my door to my office wasn't working. And I was like, well, this is weird. And so I had to, so my staff goes, everybody knows your passcode, so I changed it. <laughs> Which is true. I would be sitting in my office, and visitors from the church would do, 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 and, go, and get into my office. It wasn't that bad, but everybody knew the passcode. So they changed my passcode on my door. Why? Because it guards from things. It guards from unwanted trouble. So here's your passcode. Here's your passcode. Take a picture or write this down. Passcodes, uppercase P, lowercase S, 1413. That's your passcode. Uppercase P, lowercase S, 1413. That's your passcode. This is a prayer that I want you, and God, here's, here's the deal. If you just said, God, the passcode protection for my, my tongue is PS1413. God, that's all you have to pray. God, the passcode for my tongue, PS1413. And God will know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about Psalms 141.3. Set a guard, Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So your passcode prayer, PS1413. One three, Psalm one one forty one, three. God, guard my mouth. God, watch over the door of my lips. Because I just want to be a delight, and not destruction. That will produce gentleness in all of us. It's so important. Let's pray. Father, uh, with this muscle, regardless of size, one person to another, child to a grown adult, 
this muscle has the ability to destroy if directed that way. Just like a bit in a horse's mouth, just like a rudder on a ship, just like a little fuse in a light strand. It's so small, if directed wrong or goes bad, it brings a lot, a lot of destruction and hurt. Father, we just want to be people that only flow out of our mouth. A spring that flows out of our mouth is only delight. Like a Brita picture, filtered, pure, clean, already stored up and poured out for others to experience that delight. Instead of a hose that we spray in people's faces, we spout out foolishness only brings chaos and ruin. So God, we just, I pray, Lord, that you just guard, guard our mouth. Guard our mouth. Keep watch over the doors of our lips so that we can bless you and, we, and you can produce in us this fruit of gentleness. Every person is, feels the delight to experience. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.